Welcome back to the Y Network, where we interview every job occupation, A through Z, from the trash man to the CEO, and ask them how and why they started doing what they're doing so that you can find your dream job, too. I'm your host, Kojo Thompson, and today we're going to learn about educational consultant James McDowell. Hey, I said it right? Yes, sir. How are you doing, James Kojo? McDowell. I'm doing very well. Now, yes. James McDowell has been a teaching consultant I'm sorry, an educational consultant for 17 years from New York to Maryland. And he has very, very much to share with us today. Um, now, James, just go ahead and uh, fill, up, fill in the gaps that I missed. Absolutely. Well, first of all, Kojo, thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly a pleasure. Uh, so uh, my tenure has been 17 years. Uh, started off with actually as a teacher's aide Perfect. in the classroom, then uh, was bumped up into actually teaching uh, social studies mm -hmm. and from there became a uh, crisis intervention specialist in the schools working with students with emotional disturbance and autism mm -hmm. and then moving into being an assistant principal and then a behavioral specialist uh, and that was the 15 years mm -hmm. and in the last two years mm -hmm. I really stepped out into consulting uh, and using the skills that I've learned from A to Z as you talk about so my lens is able to see the entire school in the frame, uh, what the teachers need, what our teaching assistants, our paraprofessionals, what our leaders need, our parents, and most importantly, our students need in the schools. Uh, and even with our, our janitorial and cleaning staff, I look at the whole gamut and say, how can we best uh, structure our schools and service them so that everybody feels like they're family and that everyone's supporting the academics, the behaviors, and the well-being of our students. That sounds very good. And again, this is a guy who the, the teachers teach the students, but who teaches the teachers? We're talking to him right here, James McDowell. All right, now let's dive right into it. So sure. how and why did you mm -hmm. start doing what you're doing today? Uh, actually, it started off as a little bit of a fluke. Mm -hmm. I was actually selling uh, commercial real estate in upstate New York wow. where my teaching career began. Um, but my buddy became a principal. Mm -hmm. uh, he was doing a turnaround project up in Albany, uh, New York, and he needed someone, uh, a team of people, not just myself, but a team of people on his staff uh, as, he, as he was turning around the school. And that's what brought me in part-time to being a teaching assistant. But once I got in there, the Title I school, I saw the needs of our black and brown children mm -hmm. uh, and just our lower income across the board. And from that day, uh, there was a seed planted in my heart, and I started there. Then I moved into the collegiate uh, area for a while, working on college campuses, but I came back to K-12 mm -hmm. because that was my first love, and I realized I could be uh, make the most impact in servicing our young people. And where I thought I was going to make the most impact, it was actually some changes in my life because of those young people. Now, this is a very important uh, piece to take away, you guys, because you could always start off doing something completely different than, you know, what you're actually destined to do. Let me go uh, go ahead and ask you, how long did it take for you to um, finally realize that you that was something that you actually were meant to do? Uh, that, that's that's a very interesting question. And the reason why is because that was not my first love. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wanted to go to law school. Wow. I sat for the LSAT mm -hmm. uh, twice. I missed the first one by two points. Mm -hmm. and the second time I missed it by three points. Wow. But it was of my own accord because mm -hmm. when I was in school, in my undergrad, getting my, I have three degrees, a uh, paralegal degree, mm -hmm. uh, that's an associate's degree there, 
a bachelor's in public justice and administration, mm -hmm. and but I never had to study for any exams. I could always retain it. Okay. But the LSAT is a different beast. Wow. And but me at that time I was young and I was like I don't need to study. I can do what I used to do, and that LSAT kicked my butt. Wow. But it it defeated me mentally, and I said forget law school. I'm not going there. Went into real estate. Uh, my buddy became a principal, as I said previously. Um, and I realized, was like, you know what? I would not have been happy as an attorney. Mm -hmm. I realize that now. Wow. Um, but it was down through the years in the process of meeting these young people who have so much desire and they have goals and dreams, but we're missing it. Mm. Oftentimes, when we talk about being college and career ready, mm -hmm. we want to push people in that direction of college readiness. Mm -hmm. But there's so many young people out here right now that's saying, hey, I want to be part of that America, our America, that we actually build America with our minds, but using our hands. Yeah. And that's the career readiness part. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm saying, why haven't we helped students on both paths? And not saying that it's not happening um, at all, mm -hmm. but it's not happening as much as it should. And this is where we're seeing the split in, in our American right now and with our young people. Very nice. So... You started off as an attorney. I was, I, I was a paralegal. Paralegal. And wanted to be, become an attorney. That wanted to become an attorney. Yes, sir. Then you went off into real estate. Yes, sir. And now you're doing something completely different. And, but I love it. It's my destiny. And again, all goes back to that point, guys, of you're going to have trial and error, trial and error, trial mm -hmm. and error. You're going to fail before you succeed. You find that place. So mm -hmm. again, this is to accelerate that process, but... You're going to have to go through it no matter what. Okay, so how did you start your own business? Because mm -hmm. you do own your own business um, mm -hmm. doing as an education consultant. Yes, sir. Um, so how did that come about? Uh, so in starting off, uh, what I looked at was the needs that I was addressing in the schools for the families mm -hmm. and, and with our teachers. So where you have a child who was having behavioral outbursts, mm -hmm. and people would use that term, they're violent, they're violent. Mm -hmm. They weren't really violent. They were in pain. Mm -hmm. They were hurting. And oftentimes teachers would go to their toolbox and they realized in their toolbox they used everything they possibly could, but they still could not figure out what was the trigger mm -hmm. to that child acting out. Mm -hmm. And so it became my, my goal. It became my desire to find out what are these underlying triggers. So I got into the books and really learned about social emotional learning and then emotional intelligence and getting into those books and getting into the the, the work, the boots on the ground, what I was finding that is that our students were lacking, mm. um, not because that the parent didn't desire, the teacher didn't desire, but oftentimes no one had the skill set. They didn't know how to help them. Mm -hmm. And that's where I became a behavioral specialist. And I would work with some of the most aggressive behaviors, not aggressive students, mm -hmm. but aggressive behaviors. Because mm -hmm. I often tell people, your kojo, your emotions are yours, and they're real to you. Mm -hmm. My emotions are mine, and they're real to me. So we cannot discount the emotions, mm -hmm. but it's how we deal with our emotions and how we, uh, how we react. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I work with them on is being able to use their intelligence to override the emotions instead of the emotions overriding the intelligence to get to a common solution um, so I'm solution-oriented, so I help people to focus when I'm training them to say, hey, this is our goal, but is your goal their goal? And is your goal 
the goal that's going to help them to get to their ending point to where you can say, you know what, James, I think I'm finally happy. Mm-hmm. I think I've finally found the, the, the direction I want to go into my destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just meeting with a young man prior to this interview, and everyone keeps pushing him for college, college, college. I said, what do you want to do that will make you happy? And he, he dropped his head. I said, sir, son, tell me. I really want to know. He said, I want to be a mechanic. I said, hold your head up. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But my teachers think uh, I shouldn't do that. I said, if that's what you want to do, we're going to help you to get to that point. But not just being a mechanic, but how about you get to a point in 10 years, you're actually owning your own shop. Mm-hmm. So we're not teaching them also to say, hey, I want to be a mechanic, but I also want to be the owner of the shop. And I think that's where we're failing our young people. Okay, so mm-hmm. you're, you're real, um, it sounds like that you, mm-hmm. you want to push the mm-hmm. young mind it's in order to uh, have a bigger dream and elevate their mind. More critical thinking. And that's the entire goal of this podcast. Now, do you have any childhood hobbies or habits that, you know, think matriculated into you becoming an educational consultant? Or was it just something that, mm-hmm. you know, happened really out of nowhere? Uh, in all honesty, I don't think there were any childhood habits mm-hmm. uh, other than me being the bad student. Wow. Yeah. I was a student that gave my teachers a fit. Mm. And then my mom gave me a fit. Yeah. Uh, quite honestly. And she corrected that behavior. But... It's interesting that here I was, I would be the one walking through the hallways, uh, skipping class or going to class late mm-hmm. or leaving the campus to go get lunch when we weren't, didn't have permission to leave campus like you all have permission to yeah. leave now. I would leave to go get lunch and come back. But I was that student that the teacher was like, my God, can you just stay in class? Mm-hmm. Um, so now here I am on the other side. Yeah. And I'm helping these students uh, to build their social emotional wealth and and I guess that was the training ground for me, understanding that that was you, James. Mm-hmm. So my teacher didn't throw me away. I had a teacher, Miss Bradway. I'd never forget her. Mm-hmm. When others gave up on me, this African-American woman snuck me in the side door so I can still take my exams. That's the only reason I graduated. When the principal and everyone else said, we're done with him, he would never make it, she worked with me. And that's the reason why I walked the stage. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, you know, that's a really moving story, James. Uh, Thank the, you. Uh, what I got from that, though, was that you, it was more of an indirect, uh, it seems like childhood memory that you had that mm-hmm. really helped you down the line mm-hmm. um, with, you know, an emotional feel towards the clients that you do help. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. You know, mm-hmm. it, everything leads to something. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's go ahead and. Um, Let's go ahead and ask the next question. Uh, what is an average day like for you? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, or, or like today. Uh, it's, a, it's a Saturday. Mm-hmm. My day started at uh, 7.30. Okay. Um, had to be at a meeting by 9 a.m. Wow. Uh, that meeting was from 9 till. It was a two-hour meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, thereafter, I had to drive to meet with my client. Mm-hmm. That client was at 12 o'clock. Wow. And at 12 o'clock, that meeting went on for over an hour and then here with you today at two o'clock okay. and you're gracious enough to uh to move it back a little bit mm-hmm. uh and listen we're talking about a saturday not a problem not a problem man <laughs> uh, monday through friday day starts at 6 30 a.m mm-hmm. um and that's uh getting our kids ready my wife and i mm-hmm. my wife is a, a psychologist mm-hmm. 
Uh, we have three sons that live at home. Okay. They're 14, 15, and 16. All, uh, yes, sir. All high school age, and we're getting ready to send them off to college. That must be rough at the same time. Uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, I have an older son I had uh, previous to me being married of 19 years. Mm -hmm. He's 27. Wow. He lives in uh, Syracuse, New York. Okay. And we have a two-year-old grandson. Okay. Um, but uh, back to my thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, but back to my day is our day starts at 6:30, and it doesn't really end. Um, probably till sometimes 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night, going from schools, going back to the community, and being there for our kids. It's really important for me to be there for my son. This is a critical moment for them. Yeah. You know, yourself as a millennial, mm -hmm. I think about my sons coming up after you and the next generation. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, I don't believe we, we look uh, 10 years down the road. Oh, no. I think we only look at three to five. Three to five, yeah. That should be the average. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a problem that we only see three to five. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, Kojo, have you thought about your retirement? Have you thought about you know, your second home, your, 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 your retirement home, mm -hmm. or your dream vacation? Or you know, what do you think about Kojo in terms of you starting your business, if you want to start one? And for me, I'm an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. and I try to push the mindset from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset mm -hmm. with our young people, and say, what do you think about uh, when you're laying in bed at night or you're sitting around, what are your dreams and do you think you can accomplish them? And if you don't think you can accomplish it, I don't stop there and say, okay, I say, but why? Mm. I want to know why you think you cannot accomplish it. Yeah. And then we get into some real talk. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, do you ever um, run across people who, I, I believe that there are two mindsets, the small thinker and the big thinker. Mm -hmm. Um the small thinker usually thinks, uh, usually like, oh, dwells on the past. Like, man, the past was so great. Um, mm -hmm. They might buy, go out buy clothes because mm -hmm. the clothes are what makes them feel better, feel mm -hmm. right. They might go put rims on their car because rims mm -hmm. on their car makes them look better. Mm -hmm. Go to the club mm -hmm. every Friday every time they get a check. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the big thinker who, um, you know, has his money and puts it, invests it, puts mm -hmm. it towards something, um, has a vision. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think? the number one message to both parties uh, would be for um, what you just elaborated on? Uh, and I would say we're of the same mindset. Where you say small thinker, big thinker, that's the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. Mm -hmm. The fixed mindset, I believe, is like the generational curse. Mm -hmm. uh, they do those things because this is what has always been done. It's been done that way in their communities, uh, maybe in their families, or mm -hmm. what they see on social media, or what they see on the internet. And they say this is their goal. And it may it was small when I was younger, uh, and I remember thinking I was at a community center uh, in, in Syracuse, New York, and we were down in the, what's, what was called Brick City. Mm -hmm. And I looked up at the top of the hill, and I saw these houses, literally, in my eyesight. I said, I want to live up there. That was small thinking, just to move to the top of the hill. Mm -hmm. And my, my parents pulled me aside and said, that's, that's the same neighborhood, son. It's just up the hill. Mm -hmm. And so they had to take me to a growth mindset and say, let's go, let's go drive a little bit. Let me show you what, where we're taking you to. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get to the growth mindset of the investment. And then what does it take to get there? And I think we need to spend more time uh, in those communities working with both, both sides. So for me, what the advice I would have, I would say to those who have made it in the growth mindset, um, I would challenge them. Have you taken the time to go back to your local schools? your local communities and take a group of kids 
one by one, five by five, and work with them on helping their minds to grow. Because I don't blame the students. Sometimes I don't blame the parents because it's generational. Their parents didn't know. Not just that they didn't teach them, they didn't know. But take the time to go back and invest. Invest the knowledge, not always the money, the knowledge, because you can give somebody a million. I guarantee they can be broke within 30 days, maybe 15 days with a million dollars if they don't know what to do with it, with the investment and saving. Um, So I would challenge them. But then I would challenge the fixed mindset to be open, to be open to a kojo, to be open to whoever has 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 reached the point in their life where they're ready to, to throw a pearl, to give a pearl that you won't crush. Because you can give somebody some pearls. If they crush it, you have to realize they're not ready. You can't keep throwing your pearls. And you have to walk away. It may be a family member. It may be a friend. It may be someone that you're really close to. Um, so I would challenge both sides to sit down at the table. Now, and if I might, I'll add this. I think this is where we are at a critical stage in America right now. We have a lot of anger going on um, in our policies and politics between our Republicans and independents and Democrats, but I would challenge them to just sit down and have a real conversation about common things we want for our community. We want safety in our community. Mm -hmm. We want good schools in our community. We want solid roads in our community. And we want to make sure that our kids have a solid future in education and employment. If we can agree on those basic things and that we can compromise, people have gotten away from compromise. And why is that? Um, I, and I think that's where the fixed mindset comes back in. Mm-hmm. And they only want to compromise when it benefits them alone. Mm-hmm. We have to get to a place where we realize, Kojo, this is going to benefit you on this end. It's going to benefit James on this end. Let's come to an agreement. That's how true business is done. That's very important lessons that uh, we're learning here today, guys. Um, and again, this podcast is mainly for those people who are trying to grow, the people who are trying to accelerate their uh, mindset, their thinking. Um, in order to, you know, get that 10-year mindset, that, that five-plus-year mindset, um, see where they want to go, which direction they want to go in life. Um, we, this, this is the only goal of the podcast. Yeah, so the, the, next, the, next, uh, the next question is going to be fun. Sure. Okay, so, James, we asked you what your average day was like. Yes, sir. Um, what I really want to hear from you is what do you enjoy the least about <laughs> your job? Sure. What I enjoy the least about my job is actually the pain Mm. that I see students going through, honestly. Um, I see young people who are ready to give up. Mm. And I'm talking about to end their life. Wow. Um, I see teachers who are ready to walk away from teaching because they feel like it's gotten too political and it's not about education anymore. Or they're being overwhelmed with the work. They don't have time to sit and work with small groups or individuals the way they used to. I see principals who are ready to walk away, and some have walked away, because they're spending 12 to 15-hour days in the school building not having time for their families. And so I see where we are tearing apart our educational system um, for whatever reason it may be, and no one is really paying attention to that if you tear apart our public schools and our education and our communities, um, where does it leave our children? Uh, where does it leave our communities? And for that, those things, I, I don't enjoy seeing that because uh, I'm one person and trying to pull together um, our teachers, our moms and dads, our, our students, and 
and say, no, that there's going to be a brighter day. You know, um, I need for you to hang in there. But when they have a larger force fighting against them, um, and it's been that way for three to five years, some 10 years, um, some even 20, they've had enough and they're walking away. Mm. Okay, so um, what do you enjoy the most? What I enjoy the most is my students seeing their, their eyes light up when they say, hey man, you, you finally, someone's finally listening to me mm -hmm. um, and you're not judging me, not judging them because uh, they skipped school on Friday. I'm not judging them because they took a drink or they took a smoke. I'm not judging them because they had uh, uh, an outburst um, in class, but I'm actually saying, hey, that was yesterday, today's a new day. And I believe that you're gonna do better. I believe you can get better, but let me offer you some tools to help you get to that point. Um, so when I see them that they're reaching out, um, and it's not always about the money, you know, yes, you know, my business is a, is a for-profit business, but there's so much that I do that I do free parent workshops. I actually meet with kids sometimes when the parents can't even afford it, I still meet with them. Um, this morning they couldn't afford it and I said, you know what, don't worry about it um, because we're, we're taking care of in some other areas. Because it was more important to get to this young man who was ready to drop out of school. Um, and I didn't want to see that. So, so you have students to where they've gotten to a place to where they are ready to, they, they've thrown their hands up and they're saying, if I don't get help now, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? And I want to be that, 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 that person, that agency to say, hey, let me connect you with a Kojo. Let me connect you with a Barbara. Um, because I tell them, I say, I don't have all the answers. And when is the last time that they've come across somebody that's truthful enough to say, I can help you to this point, but I need to reach out and get you some additional help. And these kids, they look at me and say, well, no one's ever told me that they didn't know the answer and they had to reach out somewhere else. They just pretty much say, uh, come back later. I don't have time to meet with you. And they never follow back up. So mm -hmm. you think that's your fundamental, um, because they're, you know, for, there, there are a million jobs out there uh, mm -hmm. right now. And there's always a fundamental um, aspect of the job that somebody will always push for. Mm -hmm. um, is that your fundamental aspect? Do you think uh, help seeing the growth in a kid that um, might need that extra push? You think that's that would that's really what uh, wakes you up in the morning to go and get at it? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. I, actually, I, I tell you, I, I enjoy seeing my kids. Um, I enjoy seeing them reach those small benchmarks um, because I know that those are stepping stones. And, and letting them know and say, you know what, this is, this is, this is one step out of a hundred. Mm -hmm. But when you see that they are excited, that you're excited, that they've meet, that, that they have reached that, uh, that, that, that first benchmark, and they said, but I got 90 more, 99 more to go. I said, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, I said, listen, my steps were 500, and I'm only halfway there. They said, wait a minute, but you, you're, you're doing this, you're doing that. I said, I'm still only halfway there. I said, so as I'm taking my steps and getting... Uh, further into my journey, we're going to do this together. And it goes back to them actually knowing and believing. Because one thing about our students today is they can read you better than you can read yourself. They know when you're lying and they know when you're telling the truth. Wow. Okay, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that's very important uh, for you guys listening out there. That fundamental reason why he wanted to do that. Just in case you, you're out there and you're, you might be passionate about 
the growth of those kids um, and want to become an educational consultant like my friend here, James. Um, now, James, this is this question right here. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. It's not intended for teachers because this yeah. one right here, um, you know, is something that I was really saving for the people who mm -hmm. would give me a no because I really wanted to hear a no. But do you think mm -hmm. that grades mattered for the success in the career that you have right now? <laughs> and, and, uh, and one thing I can appreciate is that you're not pulling any punches. Mm -hmm. And... And I would say that grades don't always matter. Okay. And they won't always tell you that. And this is an uh, educational consultant, guys. <laughs> yeah, grades don't always matter. It's a balance. Mm -hmm. um, you need to get the grade, you know, to, to get through the course. But sometimes, uh, go back to when, when you sat in that classroom and mom and dad wanted you to get that A. The teacher wanted you to get an A. But you end up getting a C. Mm -hmm. But it's the hard work you put in with that C. And you compare that to the A's you got in other classes. And with our, th with our three sons at home, I tell them, I see the work that you're doing. I see the time that you're putting in. And if I know that you did your best, I'm looking at your notes. I see that you're struggling. And it's okay to struggle. Mm -hmm. And they didn't get that A. I'm still proud at the fact that they didn't give up. Mm -hmm. That they didn't just throw in the towel. And this is something that's so important uh, today in America is that uh, my degree doesn't say Harvard, mm -hmm. but I sit in the same room with those from Harvard. Mm -hmm. My degree may not say Georgetown, but I sit in the same room with those that graduate from Georgetown. And we have a collaboration on what needs to be done to get to a place because they have an answer, I have an answer, and the other person has an answer. But we collaborate on what's the best course to get there. And so I don't care what your transcript, your transcript said 15 years ago. What I want to know today is, are you a part of the solution or the problem? Mm -hmm. If you're part of the problem, then I'm going to excuse you out of that particular meeting. All I care is about the solution. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's where we get the most work done. Because Harvard, Yale, Georgetown, University of Maryland, it doesn't matter at that point. It's about how do we get to the place to move our communities forward. And as millennials, I think about you guys. And I say, okay, what are we actually doing to help them through this crisis that they're going through, to get over this hump? And one of the failures mm -hmm. that I believe is we haven't taken time to sit down with you all and ask you the question. So my question to you, Kojo, would be, what is it that we have not done to help your fellow, fellow uh, millennials out to help you reach the point where you want to reach? That's a great question. Um, now, I'm going to ask my podcast viewers to go ahead and comment right down in that video. Um, you know, go ahead and ask James some questions uh, because I do myself have some input on this one and I'm just going to go ahead and give you one. Sure. Um, now, in high school, you know, this, this is the, you know, fundamental education system in America. Um, and what I've noticed is that, you know, we've, we're being taught Shakespeare and we're being taught, you know, all this other, all, all this other stuff that I feel that, you know, I won't need uh, five years from now doing, you know, I, whatever I'm doing, mm -hmm. algebra two, geog geometry, all that. Mm -hmm. What I'd really like to know is, um, 
that the growth, you know, the um, the growth mentality, the uh, investment, teach me how to invest, teach me how to do my tax return, teach me how to do, you know, refinance my loans. Those are the type of things that I want to learn. That's the type of things that I feel like um, I'm being failed at when I do participate in school. Um, but again, why network? I need you guys to go ahead and comment because this one, uh, this one, we will come back to him uh, if you guys do have enough uh, great questions for him. Um, now, sure. let's go ahead and wrap this up um, because, sure. you know, we're running out of time. Sure. If you could give one piece of advice to anybody out there listening, who wants to be in your position? Um, because, again, these are people going through a quarter life crisis. Our age range right now is pretty much 17 through 25 uh, who are trying to figure it out themselves. What is one piece of advice that you would give those people? I would say to your audience right now is to embrace the struggle. Mm-hmm. Go through it. Don't run away from it. Mm-hmm. Through their struggle, through your struggle, I believe that you will succeed. Um, it's going to build character in you. It's going to build that resilience. Um, and, and the other thing is going to build is it's going to build a platform for you. Uh, people call it grit right now. Um, whatever you want, whatever title you want to put on it, it's going to build you. It's going to build uh, you to get to a place where you can look back and you'll actually be thankful for the struggle at some point. And the second thing I ask that they do is to find a mentor that can truly invest into their life. Mm -hmm. Um, And meaning invest into their life that there is no ulterior motive, but that they really want to see them succeed and not for their own financial gain, meaning that mentor, but find that person. Wow. And Mm -hmm. guys, I take notes. I have a notebook and a and a paper, <laughs> a pen. Take take those notes down because that's really important, guys. Um, James, yes, sir. Great, great interview. Um, I think our audience really enjoy is going to enjoy this one. Uh, I hope so. Uh, now, is there a way that my audience can reach out to you, maybe through email? Mm-hmm. Um, right, I'll I'll leave his email right in the description below, so that if you guys want to reach out to him maybe ask him for advice this is an educational consultant guys what a way to kick off our first episode um somebody who's really going to teach you the ropes somebody who really gave you some great advice in this interview and james i'm forever thankful absolutely thank you so much man Um, thank you sir again go ahead guys press subscribe uh follow us on all social media networks at yi network and if you are passionate about your job and you'd like to come on the show be interviewed Again, you don't have to come on camera. We do sound only, audio only. Uh, Whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Go ahead and send us an email and have a good one, guys. Thank you for watching.